1: The Century and Consumers Buildings on State Street have a commanding presence in the heart of Chicago's loop. They're a part of what made State Street great during the 20th century. But now the building's fate is uncertain. After holding the skyscrapers in limbo for 17 years, the federal government plans on spending $52 million to demolish them. But preservationists are attempting to save them through landmark status. Here to tell us more for our What's That Building series is Reset Architecture sleuth Dennis Rodkin. Sasha started this interview by asking Dennis to describe what the buildings look like.
0: Uh, They're on State Street. The uh, Consumers Building is at Quincy and State, and then it counts as a block, but it's a short block north at Adams and State would be the Consumers Building, uh, the Century Building. There are two early 20th century skyscrapers. They're wrapped in terracotta. The first, the one on the south, the Consumers is um, 15 stories high. The other is 11 stories high. Um, I think I just got those numbers wrong, but they were built within a few years of each other as the State Street was becoming that great street. They're two very tall, very slender buildings. But because they're on corners, they run way back to the side. You see an enormous amount of terracotta, which we love to see in Mm -hmm. Chicago. And um, and they've stood empty for more than a dozen years.
2: And the federal government took ownership back in 2005 through its power of eminent domain. Why did the government acquire the buildings in the first place?
0: Well, after 2001, after the terrorist attacks of September 11th, there were some concerns about um, space around federal buildings in general. And when you look at these two, when you're standing on State Street, you can see the problem because if you stand across State Street from them, you can see hovering in the background the big black um, federal courthouse, the Dirksen courthouse designed by Mies van der Rohe. And it, it looks as if it nearly touches them. Mm. That building doesn't have what's called defensible space between itself and these two. And the other thing was at the time in 2005, when uh, the federal government started uh, saying that it wanted not only these two, but a, a row of seven buildings, there was also a feeling that a new federal building was needed because they were running out of space in the buildings that are there in the federal center.
2: So, as I mentioned, they've been at a standstill for, for 17 years, uh, and, and the federal government not only failed to redevelop them, but they also blocked someone else from doing it. Explain that.
0: Yeah, this this is really, it, it, this is the kind of thing that makes your blood boil. Um, in 2017, when these buildings had been standing for quite a while without getting used, when the, the original plan to take them down and build a plaza had been um, pushed back, uh Mayor Emanuel's administration worked out sort of a three-way deal with a developer, city, federal government, and a developer are all going to trade places. And the building, the two buildings, were going to be redeveloped with apartments. In between them, where there are these two little buildings, that was going to be filled with a new piece. So you'd have one large building with three pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, the purchase price was about ten point three million. The project overall was far more. And uh, so that's 2017. And then in 2019, the next mayoral administration, Lori Lightfoot said, yeah, we're not going to participate in this three-way deal. We're going to cancel it. Um, And what the Tribune reported is that the FBI, the U.S. Marshals and some other federal agencies had said, we still we have security concerns about you filling these these buildings with residential when they are again right next to the Dirksen Federal Building. So that deal fell apart. The developers were upset. They had put some money into it and since then 2019 nothing has happened.
2: Yeah. Well, we're going to get more into this possible future for for the for the buildings, but let's get more into the history. You you dove into this a little bit before. Talk to us about how the two high-rises how they really helped make State Street great <laughs> or you know, during the twentieth early twentieth century. Like what were they used for?
0: Well, they were they were both a mix of offices with retail on the first floor. There if you look at the ads over time there were credit agencies and hiring agencies and film businesses and others in the two buildings. But really what they do is, you know, if you if you picture State Street in your head, most people think of the giant buildings, the old Macy's, I'm sorry, the old Marshall Fields now Macy's. The Palmer House and then newer ones like the Harold Washington Library right near these buildings, the Citadel Center. You see these buildings that are nearly a block. But historical State Street also has these slender buildings, these two. Mm -hmm. um, There's also the Reliance Building, which a lot of people like. It's that famous Daniel Burnham building. Several other slender high rises that really sort of set the tone for State Street, set the tone for Chicago, Set the pattern for high rises all over the country in the nineteen uh, in the first two decades of the twentieth century, the nineteen hundreds and nineteen teens.
2: So you would say that these skyscrapers are historically unique. Uh, unique.
0: Uh, I don't know if if you can say they're unique. The the one that is more unique, am I allowed to say that? Sure. <laughs> is uh, the the northern one, the Century Building, originally called the Twenty First Century Building. It's a style. Here comes a vocabulary word. It's a style called Neo-Manueline. Okay. which is
2: <laughs> which is
0: which is a portuguese derived <laughs> style uh named after a, a 1600s uh king of portugal king manuel uh but what's really interesting about it is you can see that you can't uh, at the sidewalk level you can't see it because it's all been changed and it's wrapped with uh protective covering and things like that but if you look above if you look at the second story and higher you see um uh knights in armor you see snakes you see lions Ooh. on heraldry. You see ropes. It looks like it's meant to evoke Portugal. I
2: can picture this.
0: And, and it, that's very rare in Chicago. Uh, one of the write-ups from the General Services Administration, which is the owner of these buildings, says that it's believed—this uh, was designed by Halliburton Root—and it's believed that one of the architects was just really fond of obscure European architectural styles. So he brings that one to the corner of State and Adams, it's worth looking at. It's, I mean, it's falling apart now. But if you really stop and look, you see, I don't see that kind of ornamentation on virtually any other building in downtown Chicago.
2: Yeah, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and it's our What's That Building series with Dennis Rodkin of Crane Chicago Business. We're talking about the Century and Consumers buildings on State Street. Um, Dennis, this year, uh, the buildings made it on Preservation Chicago's most endangered list for the third time. What's the group's response to the government's plan for demolition?
0: Uh, they're worried. Uh, this would be the reason it's on the, the list. They're putting together Preservation Chicago every March, puts out a list of the most endangered places in Chicago. Uh, they've, they were noticing these buildings are still standing there. Nothing is happening. They get into their research and they find, oh, guess what? These may not be standing much longer. Uh, a bill in Washington, the infrastructure bill in Washington, uh, includes $52 million dollars for demolition of these two buildings right um, and so preservation Chicago and other activists have been pushing pretty hard to try to get it convert get that funding converted to rehab money so that the buildings could be rehabilitated
2: I see to repurpose it uh, to repurpose
0: them rather than take them down seventeen years after the federal government said we're going to we 're going to look into how to repurpose these buildings it 's now saying yeah we 're going to take them down and preservationists are pretty upset by that.
2: Does the plan have strong stakeholder and financial support?
0: Unfortunately, we don't really know because there are some other things going on in Washington right now. They're in, especially in the halls of Congress, there's the war in Ukraine. There were the uh, hearings for the Supreme Court nominee. So Ward Miller, the head of Preservation Chicago, said that they've been working very hard to make contact with the congressional delegation, but the congressional delegation from Illinois is clearly pretty involved in these other things. Dick Durbin, our senior senator, chaired the Supreme Court hearings. So they haven't really yet been able to Mm. really connect.
2: Yeah. So not much indication yet of of how likely it is that they will sign on to this.
0: Yes. That's the big question mark that hangs over this. There is $52 million allocated. Will it go to tear these buildings down? Or can somebody stop that now at, at essentially the last minute, keep those two buildings standing and rehabbed?
2: If the federal government goes ahead with its plan, what would it mean for Chicago's architectural history to lose these two giant structures—
0: Uh, Well, I think you would see, well, you would, first of all, you'd see literally a blank spot because the plan is to put a plaza there. Uh, And so that would be a big change. That would
2: be weird. Yeah.
0: But it also, once again, there are these smaller, uh, you know, you see the Marshall Fields building, the Macy's building, and it's this giant building evocative of Chicago. But there are so many of these smaller high rises, especially on State Street, but several others as well. And this would be a pocket of those that are gone that are really are they really sort of tell you what chicago was like in the 19 teens they're a little bit obsolete because most stores now are far larger than the footprint that these buildings have so you can understand the desire to get rid of them but it would be a loss and it would be a loss of a neo manueline building just as well a
2: neo manueline could you believe it (laughs) well any other buildings that you're keeping your eye on, Dennis.
0: You know, a couple of months ago, Sasha, I was talking about. I was here to talk about a, a, a high rise that became a parking garage. We're now looking at something that's going in the other direction—a parking garage that's getting a into use. a high
2: rise. Oh, wow! I can't wait. We'll have you back—that's <laughs> for sure. That's Cranes, Chicago Business Residential Real Estate Reporter, Dennis Rodkin. Now you can read his story about the Century and Consumer buildings at wbez.org. And now if you have a building that you want him to investigate, leave us a voicemail with the details at 888-915-9945. Again, that's 888-915-9945. Some of you prefer to send us an email, so you can do that too, reset at wbez.org. Dennis, thank you so much. Thanks, Sasha.
1: This episode of Reset was produced by Stephanie Kim, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab. And just as an update from when this episode first aired, the Consumer and century buildings are still standing, but have not yet been given landmark status. All right, that'll do it for Reset. I'm Suzy On, and for Sasha Ann Simons, we'll talk to you tomorrow.